ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. All right, thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, I have Darby and Britt. Hello. We will be talking through the sermon today, but before it is Super Bowl Sunday, ooh, ooh. what's everybody's projection? Does anybody care? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't care for the teams that got picked. I was kind of rooting for the Ravens. Oh, you know, yeah. I was mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there was a, a minute I wanted the Lions to win because I, I have yeah. friends that are big Michigan fans and Lions fans, and mm-hmm. I was like. How cool would it be for them to see a national championship and a Super Bowl right. within a month like, mm. to celebrate that? Like, if I got the Hurricanes and the Dolphins to win both, <laughs> I might be going on a sabbatical for like, oh my gosh. A, fuck, like a month, man. Like, because <laughs> so yeah. with the two teams, any uh, you guys don't care, doesn't matter. Just gonna, uh, are you gonna watch it? I mean, you gonna I'm, watch for the, gonna the halftime watch it, show? Of course, you know, yeah. just be part Usher, of the hype. Usher. Yeah, you gotta watch the halftime show. Definitely gotta watch Usher. Um, I don't know. I. I so I'm torn because I want to see the Niners win because I I've thought they've been the best team in the league all year, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs. I'm also a fan of greatness and like so when like the Chiefs if they could <laughs> add to that greatness I I'm one of those that I stopped hating on greatness and I started saying I'm just gonna enjoy it like I'm in I'm living in a period where there's a lot of greatness in sports so I'm gonna enjoy it I mean, so I'm pretty indifferent mm-hmm. but I guess if I had to pick I'm rooting for the Niners I like the Chiefs <laughs> it's just the whole you know Taylor Swift controversy's <laughs> got much, me a little how, how many times is she gonna get you yeah, know, it's up all there. the hype. I'm like, just show yeah. me the sport, man. I'm, <laughs> I was just I'm waiting just... for them to fire Usher and be like, oh. sorry, Taylor's going to do the halftime show. <laughs> Everyone's predicting that she's going to join him during the halftime show. They don't have any songs yeah. together, do they? No. no. Okay. You got, she can you just gotta, take over. We got to see Ludacris and Lil Jon at some point, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. What about you, Eric? Um, I really don't care. I haven't watched <laughs> any football this season, so um, Chiefs. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Chiefs, Super Bowl commercials, and food, right? Like, yes. There you go. Yep. And Usher, right? And Usher. Usher. <laughs> Can't not say that. Ever. I think that was one of like my first CDs. The uh, eighty-seven oh one was like one, no of, one of my way. first CDs that I ever bought. That's it was like awesome. in the magazine, and yeah, it came in the mail and listened to that on repeat. Bought it out of a magazine. Yeah, it was back oh back God. then. Mm-hmm. You're aging yourself. <laughs> What's the mail? <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we're going to dive right into the sermon today. Uh, Today is kind of a a standalone sermon, uh, just finish up a series, and then next week we'll be uh, jumping into a mountaintop series. But uh, this this sermon today from Pastor Wade, Pastor Wade uh, talking to us about love and fear and faith. Mm. And, um, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up here, uh, really good topic to talk about, and I thought that he you know, tied together those concepts pretty, um, pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And, um, just shout out to pastor Wade, such a great speaker, such a great storyteller, you know, hilarious with the yeah. stories there. Yes. I always say as, <laughs> as incredible of a communicator he is, and he is, mm-hmm. it's enhanced by his accent. Like, <laughs> right? Like it's just, you yeah. can listen to him all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we love pastor Wade. Now he talked a little bit about, um, you know, fear and mm-hmm. how he likes to scare his wife. Do you guys... <laughs> like to scare any family members or are you guys, you know, do you guys do that? Any April Fool's jokes or anything that you guys has played in the past that have been memorable? Well, my dad loves it when people get scared. So okay. he will try to scare my mom and she'll hit him or throw stuff at him. And he likes to scare me too. So when we scare him, it's it's the best thing ever. But nice. yeah. Oh, that's going to be an accomplishment to scare the guy that scares people. Yeah. yeah. I do it. I do it pretty well. I do kind of just stand in the corner, kind of like what Pastor yeah. Wade said. Like when he comes yeah. in, I just stand by the laundry machine yeah. and I just... I do that stuff to Kelsey all the time, and she's, like, basically conditioning me to not because I never get her. 
she's so good at maintaining composure and seeing me somehow. And also the other thing is our dog, Bailey, always oh, gives me a yep. So like as Kelsey's coming out, Bailey's leading the way, and Bailey runs ahead and jumps at me wherever I'm at. And so she, I can, I'm like, ah, oh, Bailey. I used, to, I used to try to scare my parents, and then my dog would stand there and bark at me. And I'm yeah, like, stop. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to scare them. <laughs> You're dismissing the point. Nice. Yeah. I remember there was one April Fool's where I was dog sitting for my, my neighbor, and uh, they went out of town. I think they went out of the country. And so I had left a message for, for them saying, you know, oh, you know, I'm really sorry your dog got out. We're looking for it. But like, you know, and forgot to like, this was a message. So they didn't get it till like hours later. And so like they're in the airport, like just upset, like crying. Like they thought. And so uh, they they called me back. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. April Fool's and like everything. But they, yeah. (laughs) So that was a bad one. You don't joke about someone's dog. You know, I thought it was just a light one. I'm anyway. What kind of light passed away? Heart attack. Like yeah, doctor's bringing me back now. Like. Everyone in the church goes, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, All right. So, yeah, April Fool's. But we got Valentine's Day coming up here. And, um, you know, as far as the the sermon goes, talking about, you know, fear and what that plays into our lives. And so just, uh, you know, from 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives Mm -hmm. out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And Pastor Wade kind of gave us the um, other translation of like that mature love, you know, yeah. to replace that perfect love. Um, does anything stand out to you guys the, there as kind of we're kind of kicking off, uh, diving into that that concept? Yeah, well, he even mentioned he's talking about the stories, right? He talked about um, uh, scaring his wife. He's He talked about... The, the demonic woman uh, in the mm-hmm. pool, right? Uh-huh. And, and, but he goes into the point of our lives cannot be dictated or defined by fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we experience that fear, but when we're uh, when we're walking with Jesus, and then obviously the the depiction or the illustration of his his father and and his daughter walking in, in the ocean, and the waves are coming and hitting, and mm-hmm. she might have a little fear there, right? Because but she's with her grandpa. Grandpa's yeah. got you. Grandpa's got you. And then to to relate that to us, just to know that our Father's got us. No matter what we go through in life, no matter what waves, what storms, what obstacles come, we have no reason to fear because Jesus is there walking with us. And so I just thought that was, uh, first of all, great illustrations, right? But then to connect that back to the Scripture and to really make it relate in my head and my heart, and I'm sure so many today, I just thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought when he brought up just this topic of what he was speaking about, usually you hear like faith, love, and hope. But like when mm. he brought up fear, I was like, that's very interesting because you don't really hear that yeah. combination. And so like we read the verse, but sometimes we skip over, you know, what he said. But one of the things that he said after he read that verse was, if we don't have to fear God's wrath, then what do we have to fear? Mm. And I was like, that just gives a different perspective on what fear is. Right. Right. Because sometimes it's just, you know, like you said, with everything in the news and all the things that goes on in society, sometimes it's easy to just get caught up and stressed about stuff that's going on. But sometimes we forget and we kind of focus and fixate on the smaller things when mm. really like we already know where we're going and we already know like who God is. So we can just trust in that. And it takes away a lot of that pressure and that stress. Yeah. Right, yeah, that idea that his wrath and his punishment has been fulfilled in the cross. Right, right. right. And so if God is all-powerful, he overcomes everything, and that part is taken care of, yep. what do we have to fear? Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we're going to come against that is more powerful than Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and, you know, he kind of make the distinction, you know, it's okay to be concerned about things or it's okay to, you know, be wary of, you know, certain things in your life that you want to 
you know, steer clear from mm-hmm. or, you know, having that discernment, but to have, you know, that fear that's dictating your life to have that fear that's, you know, controlling or, um, you're making every decision that you make based on, you know, fear, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, that's like the distinction of, you know, we want to be living in, in love and we mm-hmm. can't do that when we're, you know, constantly making the decisions based off of, you know, fear yeah. and everything. Yeah. So true. Instead of Bring it back to the Christological lenses again, right? You mm-hmm. you can't make decisions and let fear dictate your life and, and make it through the lens of fear. We have to make it through the lens of Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that also just gives like a newfound sense of hope too, because yes, like we know we're saved, but it also just, it gives us like the hope to look forward to that no matter what comes. Like we just talk about being on a firm foundation, but when you're really living that out and you get scared of like things that are to come, it's like God's already got it. He's been there. He's already there. And we just, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it seems very minuscule, like the stuff that we stress about a lot of times. So. Yeah. Yeah. He talked about, you know, the the culture war, wars out there and how we get focused on those different things. And um, it made me think of that, you know, when we are focused on those little, little cultural battles and, you know, we that I forget who said that quote, but you know, you, you won the battle, but lost the war kind of thing. Mm, It's like, um, but you, you kind of get focused on those little battles of, you know, the, the cultural wars, whatever comes up in, in today. And, um, you get focused on those things that you forget the whole picture of, you know, why we're here. And we went through this whole series on evangelism of why, what we're supposed to be doing. Are we, you know, bringing people closer to Jesus, helping them, you know, have a relationship with them so that they, you know, don't spend eternity in hell and everything. And so, um, that is, you know, the, the war and, but we're focused on these little battles of the cultural, uh, cultural things that come, come and go. They're going to come and go. There's going to be one tomorrow. There's going to be one that we're dealing with, you know, in a year, or, you know, if you want to go political the next four years, we're going to have another one that's going to come up. It's going to feel like the biggest one ever. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but these are little battles that, you know, if we get too focused on, we're going to, you know, act like we're winning the these little battles, but we're losing the the war. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he talked about, it doesn't matter what news feed you're, you're, you're watching, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of culture, because our culture is, is built on fear and mm-hmm. built on who you should divide yourself from, who you should separate yourself from, who you should almost hate, right? Like maybe you don't hear that word specifically, like hate this, hate, but the, mm-hmm. what they're what they're pushing is it's just that it's hate. Right. It's to divide from these people. And and I just want to put it, he, he clarified even more in second service. Um, but it, he was talking about, it doesn't you, you may be watching a news feed, right. And you're in, and, and they're pushing fear, they're pushing hate. And I can't help but think that the average Christian, right. That tends to watch Fox news. Mm-hmm. And so they might be thinking, Oh yeah, CNN, CNN or MSNBC or no, no, no it's Fox news too. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all of them. They're picking a stance, they're picking a place. And then they're pointing at the other side saying, they're the evil ones, hate them, fear them, divide from them. And it just isn't what we're called to do right. in the mm-hmm. Bible. It's not what Jesus calls us to do. And so I just yeah. love that he, he, he went after that, especially second service. He was like, it doesn't matter what news feed you're watching. It doesn't matter what channel. They mm-hmm. are all, you, you need to be cautious of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he made the distinction of, you know, it used to be you got your news in an hour yeah. and, you know, that was all that they could boil it down to. But now it's this this 24-7 revolving door yeah. of this, you know, what is the most uh, alluring as far as, you know, what's going to grab people's attention. And a lot of times that's the the fear. That's a lot of times the steal, stealing, the, you know, shootings, the, you know, things that are Riots. just going to, mm-hmm. yeah, grab our attention um, the the quickest and everything. Uh, what do you guys do 
I guess, what are some practical things that you can do to not get trapped into those, you know, cultural wars or uh, how do you guys find yourselves uh, distancing yourself from getting wrapped into wrapped into that? Is there any anything that you guys do practically from yourselves or maybe your family or how do you how do you find that? It could be hard at times, especially having conversations with friends and family, and especially when I do have an opinion on something. You know, I, I as far as politics go, I do try to be educated, but I don't. Anyways, we'll just we'll just say this: I try to stay grounded in the fact that we are not called to fight a cultural war. Mm-hmm. We're not called to fight a war here and now. We're called to fight a spiritual war, mm-hmm. and it's an eternal battle. And and so, what I tend to do is especially when we see things that are fear, fearful or especially when we're faced with things that are that are concerning is to to look back at things in my life where I was fearful and then to look at the outcome and see what Jesus did through that. And that gives me that grounding of, okay, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus is walking through this. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. Um, and he's going to work this out for his good. Even if there's negatives that come from it, he's going to work those negatives for his good. And so, uh, like I said, just keeping my mind and my heart grounded in the fact that we're not called to fight a cultural battle. You may mm-hmm. want to get involved in it because you feel mm-hmm. like you could help or you feel like yeah. you could, but that's not what we're called. We're not called to fight that cultural battle. We're called to fight in a turtle spiritual battle for people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, gosh, um, I try to limit my time on social media, mm-hmm. especially around this time of year, just because I may disagree or agree with certain people, but I, I feel like that's not the place, especially when you go out, you represent Christ. So you have to really be mindful about what you're posting and about, you know, not necessarily, I guess, backing up from what you believe, but kind of just being more loving. And mm-hmm. I think that's hard because I one of the things my grandpa used to say is there's a difference between being accepting and agreeing with someone. Right. And I think it's culture's got that mixed up that yeah. if you don't agree with them, you hate them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that especially, you know, a lot of times I've seen it and I've heard things of, you know, Christians kind of being the most judgmental ones um, when it comes to the small cultural battles. And I think that, you know, it's our job to just be mindful that this isn't the end. And, you know, there's going to be time after us on our time on earth. And then there's time before us. But at the end of the day, like if we just take a step back and look at the grand scheme of things, like it's already handled and we don't have to stress about it. Yes, it may be a little concerning at the time, but if you're really putting your faith in God, it's just really leaning in and kind of maybe praying, Hey, can you give me the wisdom or the guidance to see the bigger scheme? You know, how can I be led by your spirit um, in a way to bless others Mm. rather than making it about me or trying to convince people to believe what I believe, you know, our job is called to love us. It's like to love others. And so how can we be loving and represent Christ? But we're also, maybe just not doing it in the best way. So if you, and it's kind of hard to do, right? Be like, I represent Christ. And that's kind of a lot of pressure, but it's, you know, just be who God's called you to be and just be sensitive to his spirit. And I think that when you do that, God will do much more than what we could have planned through the words that we wanted to say. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I think about it, you know, the, um, just the uh, addiction to to fear that we have, like when we get so wrapped up up in this this fear cycle. And so, uh, one of the things that I I've tried to do is that you know if if I'm finding myself fearful about a topic or um, an issue, like you know that I'm really concerned about, I I kind of like you know 
bounce it off some of the people around me. If everybody around me is, is super fearful, maybe I need to like broaden my group that I'm around like kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. there's so, there's so many issues that, you know, everybody can be afraid of their own things, but if like, you're just surrounding people that are just fearful about the certain things that, you know, are in your like little wheelhouse, like that sometimes can just be that drive that, that fear a little bit more. It can just drive that, um, those issues into your mind a little bit more. Mm. And so, you know, maybe it's, you know, hanging out with, you know, different people, bringing different people into your circle to kind of be like, you know, give different viewpoints. But sometimes we get in these echo chambers of these groups and everything that it's, it's just, you know, everything boils down to this is why everything is bad in the world, or this is the, the reason. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's something that, um, I found that, you know, can, can help with that. Yeah. But. So good. Anything else to come out to come out to you guys as as far as the the sermon today? Um, a lot of good topics there. Yeah, as far as he, the story uh, of his neighbor who mm-hmm. who kind of has been feeding the the raccoons mm-hmm. and raccoon came through the through the screen, the screen <laughs> and, and how easy would it be for us to be so frustrated? And even all services when he said, "And why are the raccoons there?" Well, my neighbor's feeding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All services goes, "Oh, and, you know, <laughs> we're all like, oh, I wouldn't tell that, you know." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he hits us with, "Well." But this man is terminally ill, right. and I know him. I have a relationship with him, and I just want to be a joy to him. I want to bring him love, bring him mm-hmm. joy, bring him grace. And he even said grace, you know. And it opened me up to to the idea that we don't have to take things so seriously. Right. We don't have to get so frustrated. And so we, we're, along with a society that pushes fear, it's a society that pushes reaction. Like, like be upset, be mm-hmm. angry, get what you deserve and like right. have your, you know, whatever, have the final say. And, and so like he said, he wants to bring that, that screen panel bill over, but instead yeah. he feels the Holy Spirit tell him, no, 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 just love this person. Let yeah. it go. Just love this person. It's so trivial. And so, and then he, and then he goes on to say, we don't have permission to fear and hate. We are instructed to love. Mm-hmm. And that was like, man, that's big. Like literally when we choose fear and hate, we're going against the instruction that Jesus has given us and get going yeah. in, in, against the instruction that his word gives us. And so that was just mind boggling to me and, and eye opening. And I was like, man, that's really good. I need to check myself more in those, in those instances. Cause he, there's even instances in our life when we feel like we're wronged. And so our reaction may not be that big of a deal. Our reaction mm-hmm. is warranted. It's, it's deserved. It's whatever. That's not the case though. Like we say, Jesus says what? Turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then we're told here, love, love, cast out fear, love, cast out hate. So, um, it's something that I was like, man, I need to remember that and check myself when I get into those phases of like, no, 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 no. I'm going to bring him this bill. He's going to pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just, yeah. No, no, no. Respond with love, grace, and joy. You don't know. Uh, you may be the only Jesus or the only image of Jesus that this right. person ever gets to see. So let's make the best of it. Yeah. And we can get wrapped into those little things that come up, you know. Maybe it's a very stressful time in our life. Maybe, you know, bills are piling up and this is just one more thing. I got to fix this screen Mm, now and everything like, and it just feels, it feels so, so overwhelming sometimes. And like, you know, that's, you know, kind of what what it brings to that, that quote he gave from um, Tim Alberta. There's a reason that scripture warns so often and so forcefully against fear. It is just as powerful as faith. That was, you know, just as power. That was something I took away. Like that's, pretty powerful. I mean, if, if you're saying right there that fear is just as powerful as as faith, um, Mm -hmm. but whereas faith keeps our eyes steadily fixed on the eternal fear disrupts us, disorients us and drives us to prioritize the here and now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we get wrapped into those battles of the here and now and today. And, you know, these are going to be the, the things that, you know, I really want to put all my energy, my, my focus on, but it disorients us like 
these issues of today are not the the biggest thing going mm. on. And yeah. so, uh, and, and you know that quote right there is literally depicting Jesus and Peter walking on water, right? Like mm. when his eyes are on Jesus, he's walking on water, like mm-hmm. the only other human in history besides Jesus, yeah, walking on water. But then he took his eyes off, saw the waves, saw them, mm-hmm. and saw fear, and it completely dismantled that faith mm-hmm. in an instant. Like he's literally walking right. on water, and now he's sinking. Mm-hmm. And and so I just yeah, that is just sorry. That just came <laughs> into my head as you're reading that. I'm like, dang, that's literally Peter and Jesus. Like no, but that's, um, yeah, yeah, man, so good. That's such a an encouraging but also challenging mm-hmm. message today. Like it typically it's uh, that's what you want to do. You know, that's k- kind of part of, of of preaching God's word is you want to encourage, but you want to give a challenge as well, but that was just, just such a good one today. That was, I felt almost just as encouraged as I was challenged. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. yeah. I love when he read on in that verse in first John four, um, he goes to 19 to the end. He goes, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for mm-hmm. he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And that was, that was a good point. It says, and this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. And to his point, like we're called to love greater, deeper, as he said. Um, and sometimes like going to his point that sometimes we feel like we have the responsibility of trying to change the world, but really God only asks us to love others. And that's, mm. he said, like, leave the job that only God can do to him. Yeah. Cause sometimes we like to take control and be like, well, if only I could do this and maybe this person will come to church. It's like, no, just pray for them, keep loving on them and let maybe how you treat others and how you live be an example that maybe they're like, oh my gosh, I can see how God's changed their life and I want to be like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I've always heard it say, and I say to our youth all the time, it's, it's been, we've been commissioned to plant seeds mm-hmm. and we are not responsible to make them grow. It's, mm-hmm. it's, we can't do it. We don't have that power. We can walk alongside people and, 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 and right. kind of help facilitate that, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to let that seed grow and take root. And so all the seed planting, mm-hmm. loving, talking to people about Jesus, inviting to church. Right. But we cannot, just like Jesus with the rich man, he didn't chase after him and say, you got to follow me. He told him what he needed to do. And the guy decided not to do it. And mm-hmm. that was it. The same thing with us. We have to we have to be those examples of Jesus, planting seeds, loving people, inviting people. But it's we don't have to get so caught up with making people grow. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, and, it's just about being that example of Jesus for them. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of like when Jesus is talking and he's, uh, what do you say, like, it's easy to love someone that, you know, you agree with or that helps you, but like loving the people that don't is the hardest. And so I think, especially like going back to his neighbor, when he found out he was ill, like obviously it changes your perspective, but what if we love people without those things? Is it easy? Is it just as easy for us to love someone without those special cases or those exceptions? Is the person in traffic, you know, giving us a hard time, is it easy for us to love them as it is if we knew that they were going through something? Because everybody's Mm -hmm. going through something. We just not maybe able to see it. And so I think, going in with the mindset of everybody's created by God and they all have a purpose for him. Like they're just like us kind of shifts the perspective that it's not about us, but we're all the same in the sense that we're created in God's image, but yet God loves us all. So even if mm. they may not know the love of God, how can I be an example of that to them today? So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It makes me think of that churchism that, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, like mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that, I, I always like kind of had a problem, like just issue with that, like saying just because it's like, it puts it in like the same sentence or like right in juxtaposition. Like it's like right there at the same time. It's like, you know, when you're focused on the the sin of somebody, like how, how much are you really loving them? Like if, mm-hmm. if you're 
pointing out or, you, what, you know, when you first are trying to, you know, meet somebody or you're first trying to have a connection with somebody, if you're, if you're just looking at the sin, like, I think that it's just like, you know, Peter taking his eyes off of Jesus, like you're, you're, you're missing the point. Like mm-hmm. you're, and so, yeah, focusing on, on the person, focusing on, you know, who, who they are and who, who they are through, you know, Christ. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, I've had an issue with that saying before, but yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we, we kind of put the Bible and I don't want to say this the wrong way. We put the Bible before the relationship, right? So like we, we see unbelievers and we're trying to minister to them. And it's like in our mindset, a lot of times as Christians is do this. Like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you living this way? Oh, you're living in such sin. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then, and then, but, but we keep them at arm's distance because they're living in that sin where Jesus did the opposite. He embraced them mm-hmm. and then told them just like the woman at the well, uh, pastor Wade spoke about her. He embraced her. He, he talked to her. He treated mm-hmm. her like a human being. She had never been treated that way by a Jewish rabbi before. Mm-hmm. And then he said, no, 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 you're living in sin. Then he mm-hmm. hit her with, you know, I, I know your sin and I get it. And, but it was all built on this relationship first. It wasn't a, it, obvious that an unbeliever is not going to live out the Bible. <laughs> like, obviously, we shouldn't expect them to. Right. But we can meet them where they're at and walk with them from that point and see growth and, and, and improvement from there. Um, but there has to be relationship first. There has to be love first, just like we've said over and over. But Jesus said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love others. Right. That's what he's called us to do. I know. You usually tell, you can tell when you're like, oh, I'm a Christian to someone, or, you know, they might hear about it. They kind of make a face. And it could just be like, you know, people have been trying to. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Some people, you know, just are like, well, every time I've talked to them, they try to, you know, shove the Bible down my throat and stuff like that. But if we just take it from a perspective of, you know, I see you, I know you have needs, let me pray for you instead of just being like, here's what you need to do, you're going to hell, like all this stuff. Yeah. Like, people don't want to hear that. I mean, right. no one really wants to hear that. But if we can shift our perspective and kind of show them that God is also loving. Yes, mm-hmm. he is just, yes, he is righteous, but he's also loving. And that is why, and he's merciful, right? So that's why he sent his son down is mm. so us, we can have a relationship with him. And so, you know, kind of just also shifting the perspective of how we minister to people and showing them that framework that God is fair and he is just, but he's also a loving, merciful, gracious God, right? It says his mercies are new every day. And so if we shift kind of making it from being about, you know, you're going to hell, you're going to sin, like you're a sinner, like we all are. But if we give them that perspective of God, I think that might also help them understand, you know, why we become Christians, but also why God is good, even when it seems like he's not. Hey, mm-hmm. Jesus is so patient with us. Let's mm-hmm. be patient with others too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Any any other final uh, points that you guys had? I know you guys. I had a lot of notes on this one too. So anything else to to wrap us up here that you guys have? I'm literally reading my notes real quick. I think Covered I think we hit most of it. Yeah. Right. This is good stuff. Good. Such a such a great sermon today. And yeah, uh, can't wait for Mountaintop. Is I think it's called Mountaintop mm-hmm. Experiences. Of Jesus? I think so. I think so. I think that's what it is. We'll find out next week. (laughs) We'll call it Mountaintops. There you go. When we get into Mountaintops. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. And uh, thank you, Pastor Wade, for another great sermon. Uh, We'll see you next week. Love you guys. Bye.